Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want, Abe, but uh, next time you see me coming, you better run. Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 206 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is an update on sanctions, compliance, and enforcement. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. I wanted to uh, get back to sanctions compliance, obviously. Uh, we've had some enforcement actions, recent ones, uh, updates to the Belarus uh, sanctions program, and uh, so wanted to summarize all of that for you. Before we get started, a word from our sponsor, uh, Steel Compliance. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end -end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's Ethics and Compliance Automated Platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to day-to-day -day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Okay, wanted to uh, turn now to trade com uh, sanctions compliance, not just trade compliance. Uh, you know, we're still waiting for the big uh, FCPA enforcement actions for the year. We haven't gotten much uh, action there. Uh, but don't get me wrong, they're coming. My suspicion is they're being held up and calculated with a splash to announce the results of the White House's global anti-corruption memorandum. Uh, but the landscape is ready for a splash, and DOJ is certainly will be at the center of any public relations announcement re, you know, relating to the global battle against corruption. So let's hold our collective breaths. But in the meantime, the Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Asset Control, or OFAC, continues to chug along with enforcement actions that underscore the risk to global companies and the need to elevate sanctions compliance as a priority. 
Look, OFAC made its intentions clear here. In May of 2019, OFAC announced the Comprehensive Framework for Sanctions Compliance, and OFAC placed global companies on notice. Design and implement a robust and effective sanctions compliance program or face the consequences. OFAC has always been direct about its intentions. Uh, the client compliance framework was clear as to the specific requirements for an effective sanctions compliance program. And from my perspective, few companies have taken OFAC's warning seriously and instead continue to operate with other risks at the forefront uh, of their concerns. These companies ultimately may end up paying the price for their failure to respond and to implement a robust sanctions compliance program. So far this year, uh, OFAC has announced 19 enforcement actions totaling almost $19 million in civil penalties and has uh, obviously has maintained its strong enforcement position and is expanding its relationships with uh, DOJ and related criminal enforcement actions. Uh, and in particular, I would point to the earlier SAP uh, joint DOJ and OFAC uh, prosecutions and settlements. Uh, but global companies are recognizing slowly the need to design and implement effective sanctions compliance programs and the complexity now of the sanctions regulations, which are getting even more complex, uh, raise even more risks for companies committed to compliance. You know, while the framework announced by OFAC was precedent-setting, uh, companies have to pay heed of, uh, to OFAC's pronouncements, definitely its enforcement actions, and you'll see some lessons learned again here, uh, as well as the occasional uh, DOJ prosecutions, which usually include deferred prosecution agreements. Um, but global companies are clearly struggling to catch up with the uh, OFAC enforcement or OFAC compliance program requirements, including the need, and the one that I sort of hyperventilate about and repeat over and over, the annual training uh, requirement, which is included in the OFAC uh, framework. And there must be basic accountability across the global organization. So uh, companies can no longer sort of hide behind claims of lack of resources or understanding of complex sanctions regimes um, and OFAC provides lots of compliance information and guidance through its website and specific enforcement actions. And OFAC has really challenged companies in two distinct areas, uh, well beyond the training requirement. But managing your third parties, and particularly your distribu distributors, and your supply chain. Uh, you know, we have pointed out repeatedly the risks that companies face when relying on third-party distributors and the need to confirm that no products are resold to prohibited parties or countries. OFAC has repeatedly stated that a company can be held liable for redistribution of its products to a prohibited country or a person if the company has reason to know that the product may end up in the hands of a prohibited person or country. As a result, companies are required to take appropriate steps uh, to, you know, uh, prevent prohibited resale through contractual representations, confirmation of compliance, and verification through collection of end-user statements and relevant shipping and transactional documentation and data, and this requires effort and commitment. On the flip side, 
Companies also face sanctions compliance challenges in opening up and reviewing their respective supply chains to determine if the vendor-supplier relationships include any prohibited parties or materials sourced from a prohibited country. Again, this requires effort and commitment. A company's ability to obtain uh, such transparency is complicated by the lack of privity uh, between the company and its downstream suppliers. As a consequence, the company has to devote attention and seek leverage over its direct suppliers and push down through contracts and audit rights the ability to verify and understand its supply chain. In this way, companies have to conduct supply chain audits on a regular annual basis. Luckily, this process produces immediate data that is helpful for compliance, but also is part of overall operations and functions to manage a company's overall supply chain. Since the disruptions caused by COVID-19, companies are obviously dedicating more resources and attention to this area, and compliance may be able to free ride or free load, depending on your perspective, on the overall corporate attention to supply chain management inefficiencies. So uh, we had two then important settlement uh, that recently came out, and I want to go over these um, because there's some important lessons learned, I think, from these. First, uh, OFAC settled with the Bank of China, which is based in the uh, uh, London, in the United Kingdom, for $2.3 million for violation of the now-repealed Sudan sanctions program. The Sudan sanctions program was repealed in October, I believe, of 2017. And uh, the Bank of China violated uh, these requirements prior to October 2017, but this shows you that OFAC will continue to enforce um, uh, sanctions that may have been changed or may no longer be applicable. So uh, the enforcement action was the result of an internal investigation and voluntary disclosure by a bank action which blocked a customer transaction. And the investigation revealed that between the period of September 2014 and February 2016, um, the Bank of China processed 111 commercial transactions totaling over $40 million through U.S. financial institutions on behalf of individuals and entities in Sudan. After blocking the specific transaction, uh, the Bank of China authorized an internal investigation to identify prior Sudan-related transactions. And the investigation uncovered basically two customers who had engaged in Sudan transactions that were ultimately processed through the U.S. financial system. Typically, that occurs when there's dollars involved and you need to have a dollar clearing account. Uh, like in the U.K., you would then have correspondent banking relationships uh, in clear dollar transactions. One of the customers was an entity incorporated outside of Sudan but maintained a branch in Sudan that was in the instructing party and account signatory to transactions processed by the Bank of China. The customer sent written communications that indicated it operated a branch in Sudan. In addition, uh, the bank processed a number of transactions for recipients who were located in Sudan at the time of the transactions. The second customer was a Sudanese subsidiary of an entity that was incorporated outside of Sudan. 
the customer submitted KYC documentation that identified the subsidiary's location as being registered in Sudan. Now, despite these clear references to Sudan, the Bank of China's own internal database failed to include any reference to Sudan for each of these customers. The SWIFT messages used to process the transactions uh, for these customers at the U.S. banks omitted any reference to Sudan. The compliance staff basically was cited for its failure to identify and escalate these transactions to resolve red flags relating to obvious Sudan ties. Like I said, the bank voluntarily disclosed the conduct, uh, and OFAC noted that the case underscores the importance of integrating know-your-customer information throughout internal databases that inform compliance decisions and that potential sanctions concerns are appropriately flagged and escalated when a sanctions nexus may be present. The bank uh, was cited for its reckless disregard for U.S. sanctions requirements, uh, and the bank cooperated with OFAC's investigation by conducting a thorough inter internal investigation and entering into a tolling agreement to delay the running of the statute of limitations. As part of the remediation effort, the bank established an executive level committee responsible for implementation of sanction sanctions, compliance policies and procedures, and the committee reports directly to the board of directors. That's a good practice to have a, uh, an executive level committee responsible for sanctions compliance uh, is an excellent best practice. Additionally, uh, the bank agreed to conduct an annual enterprise-wide sanctions risk assessment uh, by business line, which incorporated monitoring of risks and internal audit testing and includes input from external uh, consultants. Uh, it applies a centralized customer due diligence function firm-wide to strengthen internal controls, customized uh, firm-wide staff training on sanctions compliance, and enhance their policies and procedures to address uh, U.S. sanctions regulations. So that was an interesting enforcement action, and soon after that, uh, OFAC announced uh, a settlement with the First Bank of Romania for violations of the Iran and Syria sanctions programs and uh, the First Bank of Romania pay, agreed to pay $862,000 to settle uh, these violations. First Bank was, uh, is owned by a U.S. parent, um, not, uh, has a controlling interest, but not the entire interest. And in 2018, uh, the U.S. company J.C. Flowers acquired a majority stake in First Bank thereby subjecting First Bank to OFAC sanctions. In early 2019, First Bank's regulator, the National Bank of Romania, flagged a U.S. dollar transaction that First Bank processed for a shipment of timber from Romania to Syria. First Bank initiated a five-year look-back investigation to determine if there had been any other prohibited transactions. Once concluded, the bank voluntarily disclosed the conduct uh, to OFAC and cooperated with the investigation. During the period of March 2016 to December 2018, First Bank processed 34 outgoing payments through U.S. banks in which the end user of the transaction was located in Iran. The payments were made on behalf of Iranian customers of First Bank. 
from July 2016 to December 2018, First Bank processed 36 outgoing payments through U.S. banks in which the underlying trade finance documentation revealed that the importers were located in Syria. And then finally, between 2018 and March 2019, First Bank processed 28 euro payments involving Iranian parties and interests where First Bank knew or had reason to know the payments were for Iranian parties. In sum, First Bank processed a total of 98 transactions totaling $3.5 million through U.S. banks on behalf of individuals and entities located in Iran and Syria. OFAC noted that First Bank misunderstood the application of U.S. sanctions to its operations outside the United States and cited its deficient training and procedures for monitoring transactions to include trade finance and shipping documents or processing of transactions. OFAC stated that First Bank lacked any understanding that its majority ownership by a U.S. company, J.C. Flowers, triggered direct application of sanctions to a broader range of financial activities. First Bank, therefore, demonstrated a reckless disregard for U.S. sanctions, um, and, uh, and after 2018, uh, uh, payments involving the bank that was then controlled by a U.S. entity. Uh, and OFAC noted that First Bank knew or had reason to know it was processing payments for persons in Iran and Syria because the underlying documents referenced these countries. To remediate its compliance deficiencies, First Bank updated its sanction screening tool, terminated relationships with customers who were party to the subject transactions, implemented enhanced dil uh, diligence procedures to collect more information on the nature of transactions, and the potential for involvement with sanctioned jurisdictions or parties, implemented enhanced policies and procedures, doubled its compliance staffing overseeing sanctions, uh, and conducted additional sanctions training with staff and issued a new global sanctions policy. OFAC emphasized the importance of con companies conducting sanctions-related due diligence before and after acquisitions, obviously noting the U.S. company's acquisition here, and to monitor newly acquired subsidiaries for OFAC compliance. Well, we then looked at, after these two recent uh, enforcement actions, around the same time, we've also had a ramping up uh, in terms of not only the United States, but the global community in terms of broad sanctions targeting Belarus and the implications for many companies that actually uh, engage in business with, in Belarus. The United States, the United Kingdom, the European Union, Canada, and Switzerland have adopted or expanded sanctions against Belarus and the Alexander Lukashenko regime. President Biden issued a new executive order that expanded U.S. sanctions authority against Belarus, authorizing the designation of government officials, oligarchs, and various companies linked to the Lukashenko regime. The expanded sanctions authority now encompasses various sectors, including defense, energy, security, transportation, tobacco, and construction. OFAC expects to implement a broad set of sanctions against the Belarus economy. The United Kingdom also imposed restrictions, including prohibitions on technology, software, dual-use goods, oil and gas, and tobacco products. 
the UK prohibitions apply in the territory of the UK and all UK persons and companies wherever located. The EU itself imposed new restrictions on aviation and prohibitions on trade and technology items, including artificial intelligence and software products. Earlier in the summer, the EU adopted a broad range of sectoral sanctions against Belarus. Canada adopted uh, revised sanctions relating to securities, money market instruments, debt, and various financial transactions, along with a robust set of restrictions on oil and gas products. And finally, Switzerland introduced new trade prohibitions in the financial sector and products used to monitor internet and telephone communications. OFAC took immediate steps under the new executive order to sanction uh, 23 individuals and 21 entities, many of whom were involved in the crackdown on protesters after last year's disputed election and the government's forced landing of a Ryanair flight in May of this year. OFAC announced the new sanctions by stressing that the action was unprecedented in scope against Belarus. And OFAC sanctions specifically target oligarchs connected to Lukashenko's regime uh, that continue to finance the regime through corrupt activities and include uh, oligarch Mikolai Varibay, V-A-R-A-B-E-I, and former government official Alexei Alexin and associated companies. They sanction two major government-owned entities, Belarusskalai, a top global producer of fertilizer ingredients, uh, ingredient potassium chloride, and Grodno Tobacco Factory, a tobacco factory and major source of illegal cigarettes in the European Union. OFAC issued a general license involving these companies, uh, involving just the Belarus Kali, uh, and gave uh, companies and individuals 120 days to wind down the transactions. So the U.S. and international set of sanctions really are intended to pressure Belarus to allow an international investigation of the Ryanair flight diversion to release political prisoners and to refrain from targeting activists who are demanding free and fair elections. Well, that's it uh, for today. Uh, just a quick update on sanctions and uh, uh, and if you need any help in this area, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, my email address, again, is mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. We've been helping a variety of uh, companies uh, with regard to uh, sanctions compliance, and in particular, the Belarus sanctions. Well, thanks again. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, M. Volkov at VolkovLaw.com. Oh, Howard just pointed with his gun and said that way down Highway 61. Well, Mac the Finger said to Louis the King, I got 40 red, white, blue shoe strings and a thousand telephones.
that don't ring Do you know where I can get rid of these things? And Louis the King said, let me think for a minute, son Then he said, yes, I think it can be easily done Just take everything down to Highway 61 She says it's much too white He said come here and step into the light He says mm, you're right Let me tell the second mother this has been done But the second mother was with the seventh son And they were both out on Highway 61 
emphasis on the steeple and all the pretty people they all drink and thinking that they got it made exchanging all precious gifts but you better take your diamond ring you better pawn it Nothing to lose. You're invisible now. You got no secrets to conceal. How does it feel? Ah, how does it feel? 